1: Do a summer party.
2: <laughs> it's the weather. Can we
3: do this show outside or on the roof.
4: <laughs> Weekdays at nine on six ABC.
5: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's always great to be back with another inspirational woman and uh, the opportunity to share her life story. Joining me in just a moment will be Tracy Gee. Tracy is the um, Chief People Officer for the National Association of Corporate Directors. Um, So she has a very big job, and we're going to be talking all about that during the show. Um, Later in the show, you'll hear from Sherry Morrison, our Lifestyle Watch contributor. And Sherry's going to be with Debbie Wyatt, and she's the founder of Centered Clay Studio. So I'm excited to see what her work is all about. Um, As always, if you're new to the show and you want to learn more, visit womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. So now I'm very excited and
6: honored to welcome to the show Tracy Gee.
5: Tracy, thanks so much for being here.
6: It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm battling a little cold, so if my voice is a little hoarse, that's the reason why.
5: You sound good to me, so um, I'm happy that you're here and, you know, even though you're a little bit under the weather. And remind me where you are joining us from?
6: I'm in Arlington, Virginia at NACD's headquarters.
5: So you're fairly close. Are you rooting for the Phillies? (laughs) (laughs) It's a big deal here in Philadelphia. There's a lot going on. I bet. Sure. (laughs) Sure. For today, you will. Right. Absolutely. One of the things that you shared with me that I love, you know, um, about your background and your upbringing is that the main requirement for you as a little girl was from mom and dad was that you treat everybody with dignity and respect. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, your parents and And really what those conversations were like for you at home with them because they were also a little bit older um, Mm -hmm.
6: than most parents and share with the the viewers a little bit about that. So I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio um, and my parents, when I was born, my mother was 39 and my dad was 50. So I'm the product of older parents. And if you can just think about um, if you have children, maybe how you would have parented it at 25 versus how do you parent at 50? It can be a significant difference. And so um, we were a very close unit. Both of my parents have have passed away at this point, Um, but they really taught me to lead with my values. And one of the first messages that I ever remember my mother saying to me, and I must have been maybe three years old, Tracy, treat other people the way you wanna be treated. And that was really the golden rule. Um, lead with your values, have courage, don't be afraid to, to do what's right, to speak truth to action, um, and do that with dignity and elegance. And that's very much um, how my parents parented, as well. And it had profound impact on me. And I think the fact that they were older you know, also impacted My childhood in a positive way, because my father would say, I've only got 18 years with you. I only got 18 years to get you ready. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're 55 years old and your kid comes back from kindergarten and says, Daddy, you know, nobody would play with me on the school ground, the conversation that a 55 year old has uh, with that five year old may be a little different than he would have had if he were 25 or 30. So, without a doubt, my parents. Uh, without a doubt, blanketed my life. And they still do.
5: Yes. Um, You also played sports. And I, you know, I always think that sports and athletics are such a great foundation, particularly for girls. Mm -hmm. What did that teach you? What did, what do you remember about those years that you, you
6: know, teamwork, corporate? Yeah. Teamwork. You know, I have a set of golden rules and one of them is teamwork makes the dream work. So, From middle school, uh, throughout high school, I played team sports. I played volleyball, basketball, and softball. And, you know, we operated and moved as one movement, as one group, as one team. Uh, We practiced together. My leader here, Peter Gleason, has um, a very interesting um, expression that he shared with me. He said, you know, Tracy, what makes teams teams is that they practice together if you don't practice together, you're not really a team. And so I learned how to share, how to express my displeasure, how to express my pleasure, how to celebrate, how to reach down and pull up a team member. All of that came from organized sports for me.
5: Um, You had the opportunity to attend a a fairly rigorous um, private school. So first, I wanted to know, academically, were you working very, very hard, or or did it come easy to you?
6: It came easy, parts of it. Yeah. Um, I went to Cincinnati Country Day School, which is a fabulous school in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, It's a private school, an independent school. I had a very small graduating class of maybe 55, 60 kids. Um, And it was academically rigorous. Uh, That school prepared you to enter the Ivy League or a similarly situated college or university. And from the time I was in middle school until I graduated, my academics were very, very strong. You know, we were, I remember using a history book in the ninth grade that Yale students used in their wow. first year at Yale.
5: Wow. Yeah. Was that a goal for you? Were you thinking and setting out to attend an Ivy League?
6: Not necessarily an Ivy League. So what I found was I had a real affinity for um, languages. And I took a French class uh, when I was in seventh grade and I just excelled at the language. I got it, it clicked in my head. And so I wanted to become an interpreter and work for the United Nations. Um, And so I was very clear that that's the journey I was on, and that's what I wanted to do. And so I was preparing myself for that. So some of the schools I applied to were Ivy League schools, um, but that wasn't really the driver for me. I was more interested in a solid school with great academics Mm -hmm. and a great language program. And for me, that school was Wellesley College. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And
6: um, being a graduate of Wellesley, attending Wellesley has impacted and influenced my life um, over the past 30 years.
5: Can you remember um, an experience that you had that opened your thoughts up to going into human resources?
6: You know, I tell the story, Sue, um, Not really. So, my entry into human resources was not well planned. You know, I uh, knew when I graduated my senior year at Wellesley, I knew I did not want to go back to Cincinnati. I wanted to stay on the East Coast. And, like most 20 and 21 year olds, you know, I was just looking for a job. And in my dorm room was this poster and it, you know, said Bank of Boston, which doesn't exist anymore. Bank of Boston has uh, several leadership development programs. Are you interested? So I ripped the thing off and called because again, my priority was I need to get a job so that I can stay in Boston at 21, 22. And um, I interviewed for, it was like an operations job, operations training program. And the person who interviewed me was the vice president of talent. And he said to me, you are interviewing for the wrong role. You need to be in human resources. And at the time, the Bank of Boston had an incredibly progressive human resources function. Um, And so I went into that management training program and got hooked. and, And that was it for me, right? I loved human resources. I loved every area of it from benefit design to organizational effectiveness to talent acquisition and compensation. So I really found my spot there. Mm -hmm. Um, and It was a great, great uh, training ground. So I really got my chops, right, at Bank of Boston early in my career, um, being led by uh, some pretty powerful leaders even today. So what do you think he saw in you
5: that made him say that?
6: I think he understood and saw what my parents placed into me around uh, treating people the way you want to be treated, listening attentively, not judging, being inquisitive and curious about people's stories. Right? I love stories and I like engaging around stories, and I think that that's what he saw. You know how how can this young woman, recent graduate, get connected in an area where we can really use her perspective. Um, And I think that's what he saw. And uh, he was a great mentor for me and still is. And still is, oh, that's so nice. That's so great.
5: So you have worked in HR across numerous industries, right? Uh Today is different from, from what you've done. So I was curious what you have learned about people if you think about all those years and working with people that are doing all different types of work, is there a commonality? What have you learned about human beings, you know, from, from all of those
6: diverse roles? I would say one of the most powerful things that I've learned is that human beings are strong and yet fragile at the same time. And It's a very big responsibility to have when you are entrusted with people's not just confidential information, but their emotional information, right? Um, And that very much is one of the things that I have learned about people. Also, again, going back to my mother, you asked me at the beginning of, of the show. You know, you can't see it here, I don't think, but up on my case, I have a a picture and it says, be kind. Everyone responds well to kindness. Whether it is returned or not is up to the recipient, but you are still obligated to be kind. You are still obligated to be a contributing member of the planet. You are still obligated to treat people with dignity and respect. Um, regardless of what their reaction may be, mm. and I think that was a, a great life lesson that I learned from my parents. Again, they were much older, so you know when I was 20 years old and graduating from college, my mother was 60, my father was 70. Right. So you so know they've I have-
5: been there and done that, right? They
6: they really oh, yeah. got their priorities straight. Oh and yeah, and they, they made sure that my priorities were straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, absolutely spent a lot of time with me. I was, as a child, I was always expected to have an opinion. And again, I think that's because I had older parents, you know, they were like, what do you think? You know, I can remember watching Watergate and I must've been maybe 10 years old, maybe a little younger. And I can remember a conversation at dinner with my, when my father was talking about it and asking me what I thought about it. And I was young, young. So. Well, I agree with you so much about, you know, the kindness
5: thing. And I think for women in particular, sometimes it's the perspective is it's a weakness, right? Particularly in the workplace. So, you know, Mm -hmm. kindness is underrated because I think when you're doing that, people um, react much better to you. So Mm -hmm. did you ever feel um, pulled to be somebody you weren't so that you would not appear weak?
6: Hmm, That's a great question. I was never tempted to be, I never felt that I was being pulled because people may see me as weak. I think there were other biases that impacted, impacted my life and my career as a black woman. Um, more so than some concern that I would be seen as as weak if I showed kindness. I went to Wellesley College. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not easily uh, flustered or shaken when it right. comes to people's stereotypes of women um, or people in general. You know, I can very much hold my own. So that wasn't the really issue with anything. What's been a challenge has been, and I think Every person of color and every woman will say this on some level. It's dealing with um, the lack of inclusion and diversity in the workforce. That's been a challenge. And my story is not unique. My story right. is not unique.
5: Yes. And, you know, we talk on the show often about the, the, the gifts that women have are referred to as soft skills. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think that is the completely wrong way to describe it. It's one of the most powerful, you know, the things we do well are extremely powerful.
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't you, agree more.
5: And do you talk about that with, you know, is that a part of your day to day in your role
6: talking about Yes. with women? I mentor women.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, I mentor a few employees here in my current job. I have a very strong network from other professional associations that I belong to, and mentoring women has been um, a real pleasure and has been really important to me to be able to do. Um, I believe that women help women. So that's an obligation that I uh, am very committed to. And sharing my expertise, sharing my time, my time. And my experience is something that I do gladly, because again, I I think I lead with my values. I very much believe in reaching down and pulling up people who need to be on the podium as well. And there's only goodness in that. Only goodness. And it doesn't mean you're weak at all. It means you're collaborative, that you partner. It actually means that you're, very secure and confident in who you are. And so, right? Uh, Nothing really is a threat to that. The ability to
5: not fall prey to what we all know as imposter syndrome, right? If you're bringing your full self and you are calm and and
6: collected, that is confidence. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. You know, um, and in a world that is, Full of turmoil and constant pivots that calmness seals the deal and gets things done mm-hmm. i love that that's okay. a great way to head into our first break we're
5: okay. going to go into a break and we will be back with tracy gee
7: action news celebrating 50 years of accuweather
3: the heat is on in 2010 philadelphia had a record of 55 Five days at or over 90 degrees and those scorchers they're on the rise In fact, 10 of the 15 hottest summers occurred in the last two decades. Thank you for always trusting us to keep you informed.
7: You're streaming and we're streaming. Get the AccuWeather forecast and severe storm alerts 24 7 on our 6 ABC streaming app.
4: Whether you're just getting started, already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true whatever your next steps are we'll be right here with you just like we have been for 150 years start here grow here stay here Penn Community Bank here we grow
1: go for the midnight dares go for the memories go for the view that goes on forever Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
8: The following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was gonna make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence.
0: If you don't find the right counselor law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness.
8: Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say we got this. Do you
7: stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. The big story on Action News tonight. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous
1: amounts of rain. Always
7: on, always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search (laughs) 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
5: Hi, and welcome back to the show. I'm joined this week by Tracy Gee, Chief People Officer for the National Association of Corporate Directors. And um, I wanted to start this segment um, and read the mission. The mission statement is we empower directors and transform boards to be future ready. Um, I wanted to just ask you, and how is that done? What are the things um, that the organization does that are very actionable in helping
6: boards to be future ready? Oh, we do a lot in that space. Um, We have a certification uh, program that is really the gold standard in the industry for directors. Uh, To be NACD certified means something, and that license and that certification means something. Um, we do a lot of work in the DEI space. We have launched the Center for Inclusive Governance, and we're working on, on that and what that means in the content that we will share. Um, board education, board governance, board development. Um, all of those are very important parts of our work. And when integrated, actually uh, meets the mission to transform boards and empower directors. Do
5: you find your um, your encounters and you know the work that you're doing with the corporate boards is is more interesting and exciting today because there's such a focus on um, corporate social responsibility, which is an area that, ironically, years ago was never really a part of the day to day business.
6: Absolutely, um, the the conversations have pivoted. And the requirements now are to deal with um, really tough, tough, tough issues, some of which, you know, we don't see regularly when you look around um, the country, you look at the civil unrest. um, You look at the economy, all of that translates into the boardroom um, on some level, and our commitment is to help our directors navigate through those changes for their board.
5: Um, tell me, businesses have really changed today. Corporations have changed in how they, you know, go about their day. W- what have you noticed is maybe one of the largest differences in how they operate?
6: Now, as opposed to in the past? You
5: know, in the past. Let's say
6: 10 years ago, even. Yeah. Um, I would say that the conversation and the work around D and i mm-hmm. um, has amplified. The inclusion piece in the past 10 years has become much more prevalent. Um, Understanding the power of convening multiple perspectives, I think is much more appreciated now. Um, And those are very important tools to have in your toolkit when you think about how you navigate change. And the change that we see in the business world has been transformational change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've shared with folks, um, I came to the NACD in August of 2020. The pandemic, I'm going to say, officially kind of kicked off, um, at least for me and my career, around March of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so I, I joined in August of 2020, and it was a year before I met my leader, Peter Galiza. And we were both in the same state, both in Virginia. And if you go and you think about where we were two years ago, I mean, now it sounds like really it took a year to meet your boss. But, yeah, I mean, we were in a very. You mean in person? In person. In person. Of course. Which is different. Yeah, we use technology with Teams, with Zoom and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I mean that personal contact. And that networking and that sense of culture and belonging, um, we are missing because we have been out for almost three years. So what we're really focused on at NACD for our employees is coming back, we'll come back on a hybrid schedule, and we really want to focus on being present with a purpose because we miss the networking. We miss the water cooler conversations. You know, we underestimated, and I say we, I mean, in general, the power of just popping your head in someone's office to yes. ask a quick question, that's all very powerful. Yes. And that's transformational change, right? Yeah. um So that's my thought there.
5: Yeah. Are you, Tracy, are you hopeful that we're moving in the right direction as far as equality, diversity, inclusion. I mean, you're really, in your role, you're seeing firsthand Mm -hmm. what's happening with
6: companies all over the country. I am hopeful. I am in the game because I am hopeful. I'm doing this work because I really believe in this work, but we have a long way to go. So the work around diversity, equity, and inclusion is not easy work. It exposes biases. It forces you to think about issues more inclusively. It forces you to come out of your space in order to contribute to a larger conversation. So am I hopeful? I absolutely, Sue, am hopeful, but I'm not unrealistic. It's hard work. And uh, at the NACD, we are committed to bringing that development and having those conversations and discussions with our members in order to make them and their boards more effective. So I am hopeful, yes.
5: Are, have you ever had a conversation that has changed your life?
6: I'm sure I have. Probably many conversations have changed my life. Um, can I recall one now? No, but what I can recall again, going back to my parents is all the messaging that they gave me to get me prepared to be an adult. I mean, those are the messages that changed my life. Um, not necessarily, I mean, sure, there were mentor relationships and things people have said, and, and they've been very helpful, but really following my values and the roadmap that my parents put out, and the challenge they put out for me, is what's mostly affected me. And that is mostly what I care about.
5: Yeah.
6: is legacy, building a legacy. Yes. That my family would respect and agree with uh, and be proud of. That's really important to me.
1: Mm.
5: How about, um, so what are you most afraid of? What kind of keeps you up at night when you're trying to fall asleep and your head is churning and the chatter is there? What it, what are you most worry
6: about? I'm not afraid of anything. I actually had this conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago who asked me a similar question. Uh, My faith dictates that I not be afraid. I don't have a spirit of fear. But what keeps me up at night and not from a fear perspective, but just a thought perspective is bringing our workforce back in a healthy, productive, collaborative way. It's not an easy lift. We've never done this before, and our lives for the past three years have just been in this alternate universe, it feels like. So I'm really focused on bringing my employees back holistically and healthy. Um, I am concerned about mental health issues and the challenges that we faced over the past three years and how that's impacted our mental health. And sometimes it feels like, and this is not this is not NACD, just in general as Americans, we don't really prioritize mental health. So I'm concerned about what the impact of the past three years is gonna have on my workforce. I think about that. I think about, are we as inclusive as we should be and as we must be? And how can we be even more inclusive? How can we build courage to have the conversations that have to be had that can be game changers, right? And that's building legacy, that's authenticity. That's not being afraid to talk about things that are really uncomfortable, right? Um, Edifying my employees and giving them the tools that they need to be the best professionals that they can be is something that I think about all of the time. Hmm. I'm not afraid, so, but I think about it all of the time.
5: Yeah, that's wonderful to live without fear. You know, you mentioned spirituality, your faith. Is there a mantra that you live by? So in those moments where you have some angst,
0: we all do
5: do, what do you remind yourself of? What do you say?
6: Um, I wasn't expecting to have a faith conversation, but I'll just be transparent with you. Uh, I pray. I have an ongoing relationship with God. We talk all the time, right? Um, I said I'm not afraid of anything. Not that I'm not uncomfortable. There are things I'm not comfortable with. There are times I doubt myself. Imposter syndrome is real. We know that
1: mm-hmm.
6: um, sometimes you look around and you're like, oh my goodness, I've got all of this to do. Can I really do it? Yes. Yes. Right. And, and that's reasonable. So I, I want to be clear when I say I'm not afraid, I'm not saying I'm invincible and that I don't have human emotions. I'm saying that when I start to feel afraid, I pull myself out of that because mm-hmm. my faith tells me that I don't have a spirit of fear. But that of peace, love, and a sound mind. And I mean that. And that's what I hold on to.
5: Yeah. Um, is there something about you that people would not be able to learn online?
6: Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, kind of a fun fact. Something that it? yeah, that might surprise people. Um, my family, uh the G family um, is known largely for our quilt making. G's been quilts. Um, and I grew up sleeping on those quilts and never, ever thought that it was anything special. And when I was probably in my early 20s, um, the quilts started to get a lot of attention and we had uh, displays at the Whitney and museums all over the country. So wow. that's something, yeah, that's something Who's- that. When you say we, who's we? Who, who's involved my in that? My family, the, G, the G's Bend family. So my father was from Alabama. G's Bend is in Alabama. Um, and so it's those ancestors um, and those relatives who still carry that work forward. I think people would be surprised to know that. Yes. That's a something about me. That's a very interesting tidbit. Yeah, yeah. And what's even more interesting about that story is the quilts were discovered, I think, in the uh, 40s, the 30s or the 40s. um, And the U.S., they were doing, like, census work, and so they were flying over territories, and as the story goes, they looked down and they saw these beautiful pieces of fabric out on a clothesline. And they thought, what is that, right? And when they started to really look at the quilts, they were beyond impressed with the precision of the quilts because the women who were making them were not educated, but they were great mathematicians, right? The quilting piece, the geometry, all of that um, was, is very pristine. And that's why those quilts are so recognized as, as brilliant pieces of art but they were put together by people who might not have even had a sixth grade education.
5: Yeah. Is there a particular theme of the quilts that you design?
6: They're all different with different messages. I don't design them. I I don't design them, but they're all very different. Yeah. Um,
5: Who is someone in the world you would most want to sit down to dinner with?
6: Michelle Obama. That's a good one. I'd love to just have a conversation with her to understand her journey and um, what she would do differently, what she's proud of that she's done. I think she's an extraordinary woman and uh, she would definitely be someone I'd love to sit down and talk to to understand her journey better.
5: Yeah. Is is there a is there a, a single question you would want to know? What would be your first question for her?
6: How are you doing? How are you? <laughs> right? are you? How are you? How, yeah. how are you? you yeah. Know? What uh-huh. a great question. Yeah. Right.
5: Because people who are in the public eye at that level, right. that's gotta be
6: hard. Right. Everything um, you say is critiqued. Everything you say is critiqued. Um, You probably have a lot of people around you who say what they think you want to hear as opposed to telling you, I mean, I I don't know Michelle Obama, certainly she has her own network as we all do, Um, but how she has navigated through her life and raised her children with her husband in an extraordinarily difficult environment is more than admirable. And as, not even as a woman, but as a human being, I'd love to just talk to her about, what did you learn, you know? Um, how, do you, how do you create and promote legacy? You know, what does it mean, the title of her biography, Belonging? Wow, I get that, right? When did you not feel that you belonged? And because there have been many times when I haven't felt that I belonged. And so, those are some of the questions and the conversation I'd like to have with her. I think yeah. she's remarkable.
5: Yeah. Um, is there something um, you've always wanted to do? So I, I think often we we dream of things outside of the work that we do and um, our jobs, and we say, "Well, maybe one day." Is there something that you you? What would be the answer to that? Well, maybe one day.
6: I would love to be a curator in a museum. I love art um, and storytelling and preserving history, even the ugly parts of history. We need to preserve them so that our children and others learn from that history. And one of the most powerful ways that that happens is in museums. And, you know, probably if I were to go back uh, to Wellesley, I probably would have majored in art history Mm. and um, pursued a a career in museum work.
5: Do you think that's not something that you could still do? Well, it's something I can still do. You
6: can. Um, I sit, yeah, I sit on a a board of of, uh, the Mariposa Museum and Marcus Vineyard. That work is really important to me.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: um so absolutely I mean I could do it and and, and intend to intend to good oh
5: yeah. excellent I love that yeah um tell me if there are a lot of women watching and listening to the show is there one statement you want to leave them with any anything that comes to mind that you think will um help inspire
6: I would say you are your only competition. And don't believe the, don't subscribe to the pressure to be somebody other than who you are. Understand what your values are, your code, your path, and stick to it. Um, and, And don't allow pettiness or jealousy or envy, to get in the way of you realizing who your best self is, I say to uh, the people that I that I mentor, you can have anything you want. You you can if you see it and dream it, you can achieve it. Mm. You don't need to be envious of somebody else for what they have or what they've accomplished. So I would want that to be an important part of my legacy. Which is, I really believe I compete with myself. That's why my, I'm my own competition. Um, and it's taken me a long time to learn that. Mm. But um, yeah, why I think is it so hard? Why is it so hard for us to
5: understand the power of our originality? Yeah. Right?
6: Being yeah. one of a kind
5: is the most powerful thing.
6: Absolutely.
5: And we get pulled away from it. Mm hmm. On a regular basis. We do. Yeah. We
6: do. And so, you know, we have to, especially as women, we have to give each other grace. That's another big piece, man. You know, is it really as serious as it feels like in the moment when it's happening? No. (laughs) No. Never. Never. No. Right. Right. Yeah. So edifying ourselves and each other um, is really, really important. Yeah.
5: I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I thank you so much for joining me. I know you're under the weather, so you weren't feeling, you know, a hundred percent. So thank you for having me. I'd love to come back. Oh, good. I'd love to have you. Okay. And maybe next time you'll be doing something within the art field. We'll yes. see. Yeah. We'll see. Stay with us now for Sherry Morrison, who will be back with our lifestyle watch segment. And she'll be joined by Debbie Wyatt, the founder of. Centered Clay Studio. We'll be right back. Action
7: News, celebrating 50 years of AccuWeather.
3: The heat is on. In 2010, Philadelphia had a record of 55 days at or over 90 degrees. And those scorchers, they're on the rise. In fact, 10 of the 15 hottest summers occurred in the last two decades. Thank you for always trusting us to keep you informed
7: you're streaming and we're streaming get the AccuWeather forecast and severe storm alerts 24 7 on our 6 ABC streaming app
4: whether you're just getting started already well on your way planning for your future drafting your vision growing toward greatness or finding that dreams really can come true whatever your next steps are we'll be right here with you just like we have been for 150 years Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank, here we grow.
1: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
8: The following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was going to make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence.
0: If you don't find the right counselor law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness.
8: Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say we got this. Do you stream
7: on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. The big story on Action News tonight. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous
1: amounts of rain.
7: Always on, always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today
9: lifestyle segment of women to watch i'm sherry morrison today i'm pleased to introduce you to the director and founder of the centered clay studio debbie wyatt welcome to the show debbie
2: hi sherry thank you i could listen to tracy all day she was amazing
9: yeah she really was she has really some wonderful of wisdom yes absolutely i love thank her album. my pleasure So uh, Debbie recently did a little reinvention to her wheel with her (laughs) lifestyle, taking on a project she is passionate about. Before we talk about her entrepreneurial mission, Debbie, please tell us a little bit about where you're from and your education. Sure.
2: So I am an Army, um, child of an Army officer. So I spent most of my childhood moving quite frequently, Um, different parts in the country as duty called, so to speak. Um, So we have a really close family unit. Um, but our roots were always in Bucks County and worminster specifically. So um, after graduating high school, I went on to Shavinsburg University and was an economics major and uh, played around in retail for a little while. And then landed at Citigroup uh, about 31 years ago. Where I raised my children um, in uh, central Pennsylvania.
9: Wow. So 31 years with Citigroup. That's <laughs> That's impressive Um, and a very successful career. You are now the Director of Business Delivery. Uh, You would think this role with Citigroup would be helpful and provide a lot of skills in helping you open the Centered Clay Studio. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do as the Director of Business Delivery with Citigroup?
2: Sure, Um, so my role at uh, Citigroup is in the Retail Services Division. So I build financial products for retail partners um, so very strong in project management, product development, um, merging companies together to do a specific, you know, a project—a very large project—and um, so oversee a lot of very talented people um, across uh, the business, operations, and technology, um, both on our side and with the partner as well, in order to
9: deliver a product to market. Sounds like fun.
2: It is fun, actually.
9: It, and, and it sounds as though Citigroup has been very supportive. You were currently on a 90-day sabbatical and pursuing your dream. Um, did you ever imagine you could accomplish so much in 90 days? What, what sparked your interest in Clay? Why Clay?
2: Um, so Clay, I found Clay for the first time in college. Um, and, um, and I remember that while I would you know, go into the studio um, on campus, I just really, it felt good. I could detach all that stress from finals or papers, it just kind of melted away as I was on the wheel. But then life got in the way, um, you know, and as I was busy building a career and raising children, I, I fell away from clay for a long time. And about 14 years ago, I found clay again, um, kind of in a serendipitous manner, um, which really fits with the studio coming to life so quickly as well. Um, and I really got into not just wheel throwing and making clay, but the process around it, all the studio tech work. And I loved that aspect of it too. So um, I joined a guild in central Pennsylvania, Nicodemus Center for Ceramic Studies. And in that guild, I really expanded my clay knowledge um, and I found my people. You know, I loved going there and being with other people while we each individually created what we were doing
9: yeah we we spoke a little bit about that last night. Um, mm-hmm. Just uh, I did something not as advanced as you did, but there was a point in my life where I just needed to do something and be with people that was totally mm-hmm. different than anything I'd ever done before. Working with food is very therapeutic for me, but i I felt like clay would be similar, you know, getting your hands dirty and just being able to, do whatever you want with it. You can throw it. You can put it yes. on a wheel. Um, you can roll it out and make things out of it. A lot of different things. I, I now that I think about it, I didn't keep the project that I worked on. The only project that has survived through my life of clay is probably the little pencil holder that sat on top of my <laughs> mother's desk forever.
2: <laughs> we have a place to get back into that too. So,
9: <laughs> well, maybe I'll come down and make a new pencil. Holder, because I don't know what happened to that. One. <laughs> we we talked a little bit about the process of putting this new business together and how you felt like it was just meant to be. What are some of the things that happened as you were going through all of this?
2: You know, I um, about this time last year, um, I was uh, I was asked to be a panelist for Women in Payments, and our topic was the Great Resignation. So, I was doing a lot of research. And um, like everybody else coming out of COVID, um, I felt really stressed out. I was trying to create in my basement It wasn't really working. Um, so, I didn't really have that creative outlet. And I'm doing all this research and I realized it kind of clicked that people need this creative outlet. They need a place to go and reconnect, they need an activity that can help them just. Clay is very meditative, and while you're focusing on the wheel or you're building things by hand, it just that nature of your hand, your mind, all of that together coming with clay shuts out a lot of other things. And for a while, you just get very in sync with what you're working on. That focus, that and and the spinning of the wheel also has been found to be very therapeutic as people are working and touching and feeling earth and water right it's very elemental to to our ancestors to who we are so those things were clicking and I was walking with some friends and I saw a sign with Kennett, and I'm from Kennett. we've moved here about five years ago so it was important to me to do something for my community Um, and I wanted to give back as well and I see the sign and it says bring your project to our historic building so I called and uh, I went home and I told my husband, I'm like, so I called about this clay studio and idea. And he said, should we just expand the garage? It's like, I think we need a couple conversations. Um, <laughs> and I walked in this building, and it, it is a 100 year old building um, in Kennett Township. And it was um, in bad repair. Um, and the developer who's building up around here really. Loved my my idea, my proposal for the project. And so he um, made all these renovations to SPAC for us. Um, And the light in this building is amazing. So then I faced supply chain issues. You could not buy a kiln. Glazes were on a hard stop. You couldn't find glaze anywhere in the country or the world. Um, Clay um, was was prominent, right, but that wasn't a problem, but all of the equipment, the wheels, everything else had super long lead times. I knew I had a window where I could walk away from the work I was doing safely and securely um, for a short period of time and knew when that would be, Uh, but I didn't have anything like a kiln. It's kind of important to start a studio. And I was surfing Facebook Marketplace one night Literally um, a kiln appeared on my newsfeed and it was three miles from my home and it's 14 cubic feet. And that started the whole, It will. it is meant to be. Um, many examples, instructors have found us. Um, when I was looking for an instructor for an intermediate class kind of last minute, somebody literally knocked on the front door of the studio um, looking to get back into clay and he's very talented. Um, the wheels that I originally ordered are still making their way from China. But my supplier found nine matching wheels that matched the one that was in my basement and they got here, you know, the week before we opened. Wow. Uh, just every, you know, so when we hit a major bump, right? And my training at Citigroup teaches me that when you run into a risk or, or a bump, just wait. Look at your options, figure out what you need to do. Um, I stay really true to what I want people to feel when they come into the studio. And so all of my decisions are really based around that as well.
9: Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. It sounds like the stars just lined up for you. And, and how can you not realize what's going on when it's right. one one situation after another that it just happens? Everything falls into place perfectly.
2: It does. And, and I had some really great um, women mentors along the way. Um, one of my friends um, works for Penn State Launchbox in Brooks County. Mm-hmm. She helped me um, build a website and she's been just a, a wealth of knowledge. Um, studios that I visited on all of my vacations in the past 10 years, um, they have helped me form what I wanted to do. Um, three studios specifically gave me um, a lot of advice and, and helped me review my business plan. And um, People were very incredibly supportive. And the township here has been very supportive as well.
9: Well, that's unusual. <laughs> a lot of time, townships are not exactly cooperative. Um, they can make your life very difficult.
2: So there was paperwork, but...
9: Yeah. Well, paperwork's different than just keep pushing things off. Um right. Anyway, you're very fortunate to be in that circumstance. What is your mission for the studio?
2: Our mission for the studio is really to provide clay education to anyone. Um, We are focused on adults um, and teenagers. So anyone in that age group, um, to be inclusive, to be open. Um, We had a gentleman who wanted to do clay and was talking with us early on. Um, in a power wheelchair. So we pivoted and started to look at ADA compliant changes that we needed to make in order to have him be um, able to throw on the potter's wheel and um, work on our hand-building tables. So um, we want to be in a creative and collaborative community, so we offer open studio. One thing that was really difficult for me was how to find a place where I could go in the weird hours that my career and my family life dictated. So we've created an open studio membership here for people as well. So you can practice on your own.
9: That's really neat. Um, so I, I read something uh, you wrote, and I quote, it's amazing how calming, meditative, and freeing it is to experience the love of clay. I'm the happiest I have been to see the joy in others, watch friendships form, and being this art experience to people. What a great quote. Um, your mission, your community recovery. You're working with recovering uh, mm-hmm. adults, and I guess probably teenagers too. Um, yep. it's, it's meditative, therapeutic. Um, I get it. Uh, it's it's very similar to food. Um, in the short time you've been open, you obviously feel as though you are headed in the right direction. Are you happy with where you're you're going? And I, of, I you. it sounds amazing to me.
2: Yeah, I am. Um, I, um, I love to just come into the classes. Uh, we have eight classes that are up and running. They're in week seven. We start again in the middle of uh, November 14th. Friendships have formed, people are supporting each other. Um, their art is growing. Um, we have a kiln load full of uh, glaze right now. Um, and it's just it's, we have a corporate event scheduled, we have a birthday party this weekend. Um, And so it's just people are finding us and they are finding relaxation
9: and laughter. And it's really awesome. That's great. It's beautiful. Um, And you are doing the corporate and social private parties and and different things in addition to the classes um, that uh, are listed. You have a number of different types of classes for age groups. So, um, well, as I say at the end of every show, please keep living your dreams, ladies. And it is so much fun to see you doing just this. Thank you. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun. You thank for pursuing your dreams and sharing them with us.
2: Thanks so much, Sherry.
9: Sure. For more information about Debbie and the Centered Clay Studio Classes events and having a private or corporate event, go to centeredclaystudio.com. It is located at Seven Ways Lane in Kennett Square, Chester County, PA. Sue will be right back. To close out the show, keep living your dreams, ladies.
7: Action News, celebrating 50 years of AccuWeather.
3: The heat is on. In 2010, Philadelphia had a record of 55 days at or over 90 degrees. And those scorchers, they're on the rise. In fact, 10 of the 15 hottest summers occurred in the last two decades. Thank you for always trusting us to keep you informed.
7: You're streaming and we're streaming. Get the AccuWeather forecast and severe storm alerts 24-7 on our six ABC streaming app.
4: Whether you're just getting started, already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true. Whatever your next steps are, we'll be right here with you, just like we have been for 150 years. Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank, here we grow.
1: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her, go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
8: The following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was going to make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence.
0: If you don't find the right counselor law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness.
8: Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say, We got this.
7: Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. The big story on Action News tonight. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous
1: amounts of rain.
7: Always on, always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
5: Hi, and welcome back. And thank you so much for being with us for another week of Women to Watch. I really enjoyed the show today. Uh, Stay with us for next week's show. I'll be joined by Carolyn Fitzgerald, and she is the founder and CEO of Goals, which is a brand-new nonprofit that is committed to uh, generating sponsorships for female sports. Really, really good cause. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks so much.
7: I feel it coming over. We can do a summer party
4: <laughs> It's the weather Can yeah, no
3: we do this show outside or on the roof?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Weekdays at 9 on 6ABC